Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind comments by celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hey, kid. (laughs) <laughs> How you doing? I miss you. I miss you. We, we we literally recorded like two days ago. I know, but I just miss you. I, I was saying to my dad yesterday, I was like, you know, it was totally fine doing this whole not in person thing. And honestly, it really is. It's been great. But I miss just like hanging out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't want to go. Like there's a very clear difference between going out and hanging out. Exactly. Like in my ideal world, you guys could just come over. We could hang out by the pool, which like realistically, I guess we probably could do in a socially distanced way, but I'm just so terrified. I know. My dad, like I can't. Eventually um, we will. Yeah. Eventually at some point. I don't know. I just love you. Uh, it's been okay. a while. It has been. It's literally been since March 5th was the last it's time we saw each other. a really fucking long time. I know. I know. Um, okay. So as you guys know, We had been recapping the entire season one, and we were going to jump into our season two recaps, but there were a couple of people, more than a couple, that wanted one kind of filler episode in between. So we were thinking what we should do, and we had this idea of, you know, all of the Kardashians have done such lengthy interviews with different magazines over the years, and it's really interesting to kind of look back on some of those articles now and just see the difference is see where they were at in their lives. So it's almost like it is a throwback, but through a totally different lens. And we started just organically looking through articles and we were really interested. So we were like, wait, let's stop this conversation here and we should do this as a podcast. So that's kind of how this idea came to be and what this episode is going to be, right, Julie? That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) So I also wanted to say, before we get into this one, I'll explain which one we're doing. It was announced this week that season 18, which as you guys know, started, but there were only about six episodes in light of COVID, is going to continue hopefully September 2020. So, oh my God, I'm counting down the days, are you not? I can't wait. Also because I think the entire season or most of it is going to be what happened during COVID. So we're going to see so much of the kids. 
so much of the kids, so much of the houses, like, I don't know if, I think Julie, uh, Isabel and I were talking about this two weeks ago on the Bravo recap, you know, for houses in New York, we're really watching them in their houses doing the confessionals themselves. And I'm sure the Kardashians, it's a little bit more production wise, but still like we're, it's going to be a little bit more raw, a little bit less produced. And I personally love that. I think it's going to be a really interesting look. They could honestly do one episode where they just do house tours of everyone's house and they don't even talk once and it would be the best day of my life. No, that would be the best thing ever because like that's so different than an architectural digest spread. You know, that's like a lived in house. I'm sure they would clean it up, but still the kids are around. Oh my God. Also like I hate an art digest spreads how they only give you like a couple of rooms. Like don't assume what rooms I want to see. I want to see every one of them. Why are you leaving out the nursery? Oh, the nursery's always. Why are you powder room downstairs? Like I didn't ask for that. I want to see everything. I need, first of all, you can tell a lot about a person by their powder room. You can tell everything about a person by their powder room. No, it's so true. Also, I feel like we never, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I, we haven't really seen a full, you know, um, a full like expose of Chloe's house post remodel. We saw so much of the, of the, you know, the before we saw so much of it being done, but I don't think we ever got a full spread. Did we? I don't think so. Definitely not like full, full. I mean, listen, I know her bedroom better than I know my own, but oh my God, I think there are definitely <laughs> a lot more aspects that we need to see of that house. Yeah. We've seen a lot of Scott's house, or at least the first floor. Well, we had to, cause you know, and Penelope's room. Yeah, of course. Also, I swear we're going to talk about this on the regular episode. I just have to say it. Cause like it happened last night, that us article of Scott and Sophia back together. That Thank was like, I, I knew we knew it was happening, but that was real confirmation. I don't know. It's hard. You know, it's not even like I'm heartbroken because I like them so much as a couple. And she, there was, these, there were these pictures of her on the beach in Malibu, not with him separately. And she just looked so, so happy. And like, that makes me happy. I, I think, like I said, I think Courtney and Scott are end game. So if this works for them right now, then so be it. She's, she's great. I can't say. Yeah. I can't say one bad thing about her. Not that I want to, but like, I literally can. I really, really like Sophia. No, me either. And I think that's why people like aren't as disappointed about it because I think that people like Sophia, they just like have this whole thing with Courtney. So I don't know. I think that if, I think that if Sophia was really unlikable or like we didn't know much about her, we really didn't see them together. Then I think people would go so much harder for Courtney and Scott than they do. But because Sophia is really genuinely likable. And I think what we've seen of her, we really enjoy. I think that people are like, okay, we'll see what happens. Totally agree. I always go back to that example. Of course it was circumstantial, but also him on that boat and con with Bella Thorne would not have played out the same if it was Sophia. And I actually like Bella. I actually think she's really real and I enjoy her a lot. I'm just saying public perception wise, I don't think it would have been, this, this would not be talked about in the same way, right? No, agreed, agreed. Okay, so we are going to talk about a 2016 Harper's Bazaar article by Olivia Flemings, and it's called Khloe Kardashian Like You've Never Seen Her. She talks fame, dating, and her entry into the world of high fashion. So the way that we're going to do this is I'm going to read a little bit of the intro, not the whole thing, and then we're going to read the questions and her answers, but kind of in between, analyze it, give some anecdotes. We added in a lot of like background information that we think is interesting. Some stuff that I know only the people listening to this care, for example, Monica Rose, Joyce Minnelli, that kind of stuff, Chloe's previous relationships. So I don't know. I think this will be really fun. We'll see how it goes. If people like this format, we can do it more in between seasons, but next week will be season two, but let's do it, shall we? Oh my God. I can't wait. I also think that people, before we start, I think that understanding Chloe and the time period of post Lamar pre 
Uh, Tristan is a huge piece of the puzzle that we don't always examine when we're talking about Chloe now. Oh my God, absolutely. And what's really interesting about this particular article, and we sifted through a lot of them, but we kind of, I think we like didn't really say it to each other, but, but I think we were both thinking the same thing. Like Julie must have sent me 20 different articles from different family members to go through. And I think in the back of our heads, we both wanted it to be a Chloe one. Did you feel that oh, way? Definitely. Well, once you realized <laughs> I don't think we need to do a Kim, then I was like, there's only one option left. Yeah, because the thing is, and, and I love Kylie, Kylie's interviews are, to me, on paper at least, for the most part, you can't speak so generally, um, less kind of like impactful. I don't know what it is. I think that I, maybe it takes Kylie a little bit more to warm up. Chloe, I think Chloe's just so open. And she talks about this in this interview, and we'll get into it. But I think the reason that we love Chloe interviews is because she's willing to go deeper than the other ones. Like with Kim everyone's favorite interview of Kim is when she was on Fallon and Jennifer Lawrence was hosting because that was like the most relaxed and in depth. We really got Kim to go. I think when Chloe does an interview, she's willing to kind of bring that to the table every time. Totally agree. And what's interesting about this article, which you guys will obviously hear is that it highlights things that are just societal and not just Chloe kind of like, you know, regarding the media's perception of women and bodies and weight, which you know we have really strong feelings on. So I think this will be a good one. Let's do it. Ready? Yes. Okay. Again, not reading the whole intro to some of it. So more than 20 people, including a small Keeping Up with the Kardashians film crew, are buzzing around a makeshift dressing room nestled high in the Hollywood Hills. Behind several floor-to-ceiling glass walls overlooking a hazy downtown Los Angeles, I watch as Khloe Kardashian takes one last look at herself in the relaxed Rosetta Getty dress that her stylist, Monica Rose, put out for her. Oh my God, okay. In mock appraisal, Khloe cocks her head to one side. Soft strands of her usually poker straight or perfectly curled hair float gently across her shoulders. The careful, understated hard work of her longtime hairstylist, Cesar Ramirez. All all eyes are on the 31-year-old who, since her split with Lamar Odom in 2013, has shed nearly 40 pounds with the help of her personal trainer, Gunnar Peterson. The rich terracotta Getty dress perfectly cinches her Sophia Loren curves as she effortlessly shifts from one foot to the other, throwing sultry glances at the camera. The hovering crew and looming television microphones unfaze her, yet Chloe is aware she has everyone's attention. Quote, I definitely think the fashion industry and people in general look at me more now that I've lost weight, she admits. Even on shoots, I would never have options for clothing. There would always be this attention on Courtney and Kim, but I was way too much for stylists or they had nothing in my size. I wasn't even that crazy big. We will literally get to this in one minute. I just want to finish the last paragraph. That's why Chloe only worked with Rose, a Kardashian stylist in season one. Quote, at my fattest, Monica would always come with racks of clothes and make me feel special. She never told me, oh, they don't have that in your size, says Chloe. Other people actually said, I just can't work with you because I was too big. That always hurt my feelings, of course. Today, those same stylists are now approaching Chloe, offering to dress her for events and public appearances. Quote, I'm just like, fuck you. I'm not going to reward your bad behavior. Oh, so much here. We haven't even so started, much. really. I know. Okay. I kind of want to start. I really want to talk about the body aspect of it, but I first want to talk about Monica because I think it's just like, that was for, for me. And I know a lot of other people that are like our level of invested in this stuff. We're so curious about what happened, you know? Yes. Yes. And so let me read a little bit of the background and then I have a comparison to make with Larsa. So according to People, in April 2017, People had reported that Chloe, Kim, and Courtney had all left Monica to, quote, collaborate with other stylists. So like, I remember initially everybody kind of thought that was weird just because she's been such a staple, but she was still working with Chrissy Teigen. She was still working with others. It wasn't that crazy until 
all of the Kardashians and Jenners unfollowed her on Instagram. And like, as we know, we're not ones to look too into the unfollow, but when it comes to this family, we kind of are. Cause like, you don't just casually unfollow Jordan Woods. You don't just casually unfollow Monica Rose. That's when I think we were all just like, holy fuck, right? Yeah, they always seem to be like the one family that that like their initial responses to unfollow or they talk about and they unfollow together. Like with every other celebrity, I don't really look that into it. And something happened recently where somebody asked us why we were following somebody and we were like, oh, we just like, we hadn't seen them posting. So we forgot that they had you know, that we had even followed them, we immediately unfollowed, but it just wasn't our first thought to do so because it didn't cross our minds. But with them, it always appears that like, there is a direct correlation between, okay, something happens, let's go unfollow them, let's do it all together. Or like, let's do one by one and, and unfollow. But they definitely placed an emphasis on that. So I don't think it's that crazy when, you know, something happens and everyone brings up the Kardashians and they're following or unfollowing. Like, I remember when Justin and Haley were like first engaged or first getting married or the rumors them first started and everyone was like, they don't even follow each other on Instagram. I'm like, I just think that we're thinking too much about that because clearly they're fine. But if it was the Kardashians, then it would be like a really logical like conclusion to jump to. Yeah, I think for a while, and I don't, I don't, I could check it right now, but for a while, Scott wasn't following Sophia and like they were clearly dating. Like, I don't think Scott's an exception to the Kardashian crew, but yeah, I totally agree. There are some people that you can, it, it has more importance and there are some people that it doesn't, but for this family, definitely. And then, you know, Kim first met Monica on the set of her complex cover shoot in 2007. That's when Kim was in like the black um, bra and the underwear. And she was the first one who kind of started working with her. And she was also the first one to apparently step away from, you know, her styling. And this is according to Instagram from um, a People article. They haven't teamed up since she styled one of Kim's editorials for her website in August 2015, which like that's five years now, which is crazy because the whole the whole thing feels more recent than that to me. Right. And it was a whole like or like almost two years that Kim started working until the other stopped working with her, too. Yeah. And the belief that we never really, there was never a time that, you know, they came out and said exactly what happened. But the belief was that there was an incident where she was stealing from the family. And the reason that people thought that was because of two of Chloe's tweets from 2017 in June. And she said, the first one was, what would you do if you found out a friend was stealing from you? And the second was, would you cut off the friendship and let God handle it? Or would you go the legal route? Like, did this not, fl- like, I know it's such a minor thing in the scheme of things because so it's a stylist, but you guys know the stylists are a huge deal with them. They become part of the family. Like, you just know that. I remember being like, there's no fucking way. It's also so interesting because, you know, take Kim, for example. I think Kim is the type of person, and I'm not saying this at, like, with any shade or anything. I think they're all incredibly loyal to the people who are loyal to them. But I think Kim is an example of somebody who, like, if somebody really much better came along, then like she'd be willing to drop somebody for that reason, like with no shade, just like what's best for her. With Chloe, I think it's more of like, she really trusted Monica. And you can tell in this article when she's talking about it, that like Monica was the person that she trusted with her style and with her clothes. And like, even when she felt the worst about herself, I'm not going to say when she looked the worst, because I don't think that's a fair assessment, but I think when she felt the worst about herself, Monica was the one that she trusted and Monica was there for her. And Monica was the one that was able to pick out clothes for her that, you know, made her feel good. So I think with Chloe, there's such a loyalty there that, and such an issue with trust that even when somebody 
is as loyal to you as Monica was, there was still an issue there where she did something disloyal. So I almost feel like Chloe just can't catch a break. Like, I think that had nothing happened with Monica or there was no issue, there was no blatant issue. I don't think Chloe would have ever let her go because I think that trust and that loyalty is so important to Chloe. But also I think that Chloe finds herself in these situations of no fault of her own where somehow she either gets taken advantage of or something just, somebody does something to like, you know, throw the whole trust that they have together out the window. And I think that this issue with Monica Rose was kind of just another example of that. No, totally, totally. I mean, we know that, you know, the loyalty aspect with their family, but also, and I've always found this particular concept to be fascinating, not just with the Kardashians in all of Hollywood, you know, when you are working with someone so close, whether it's a makeup artist, a stylist, a hairstylist, they are in your world. Letting a, someone else who's not your family when you are this famous into your bedroom, into your house, around your kids every single day, you're, they're there for the most important conversations. Yes, I'm sure they signed NDAs, but still, it's a really, really unique bond. And like we see a lot of times people that started out just as hairstyles or makeup artists became their best friend. For example, Chrissy and, and Jen Atkin, best, best, best friend. That started from a professional relationship. So we see a lot of these professional relationships come into crossovers. Look at Ariel and Kylie. They started just because he wanted to do her makeup. He flew out to LA to do it. And now he is like, you know, they're like ride or dies. She's getting him diamond rings for his, for his birthdays. So I think that like, it's more, it's for someone of an outlooker, they can be like, oh, who gives a shit? It's just a stylist. She'll get a new one. Like you don't understand how much work it takes to get someone accompanied with your crew to make you feel comfortable. Like it, it's just such a significant level of trust for all those reasons. And then for the most basic reason of like, you are now once after they dress you and they leave you, you're now going into the world and you're going to get paparazzi. You're going to photograph from every single angle. So like, aside from the human trust, there's also like a superficial trust of like, I know this person is going to make me look good. So I don't think it's like, I don't think it's uh, like vain or, you know, lacking depth to say that this must have been really hard for her and them. Yeah, I, you I know? do agree. And it must have been difficult having, I wonder, you know, how many people were made aware of the situation because it must have been very difficult having, you know, Monica and then having to get rid of her and then seeing her style all these other celebrities and being like, do I want to warn them? Are they getting the right side of the story? Because obviously people are going to be interested, especially with the Kardashians. If you stop working with them, like people are going to be interested. And I don't even think that's, um, I don't even think that that's a statement on whether like Monica could be trusted to not like spill the family secrets or whatever. I don't think that that's something that she would do. And I don't think that was the issue. I just think it's more of like, if there was something where she really, really, you know, disregarded, her relationship with you and did something wildly unprofessional. Is it an uncomfortable position to watch her style your friends or be so involved in their lives too? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I actually think that something I appreciate about the Kardashians is, and I think I can say this with conviction because they, they never came out and went on like a public smear com campaign. It's one thing to tell their close friends that are working with her, giving them a heads up, but it's another thing to like publicly blast this person's name. And they never did that. Yes, Chloe's tweets were a little bit cryptic, but they never came out and were like, no one in Hollywood ever hire her again. And I appreciate that. I like, I think that they take ownership of like, it didn't work out for us, but we're not going to ruin her career. And I think that that was a, a classy move. Yeah, definitely. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who 
know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. This has nothing to do with the article, but I just know, I know there is someone listening to this right now who cares about this stuff as much as we do, was fascinated by it and is like thinking this. So we wanted to put it in just in case your mind went to the same place, which is, do you guys remember Joyce Spinelli? Because we remember Joyce Spinelli. I mean, Julie, (laughs) by the way, total, total random fun fact that had nothing to do with this, but I just want to say, do you know that the reason that I got my internship at that beauty PR firm when I was going into junior year of college was because when I went in for the interview, she sat down and was like, yeah, we actually had a phone call with one of the Kardashians makeup artists. And I was like, oh, Joyce Benelli. And she's like, you know, Joyce Benelli, I guess at the time it wasn't as like common of a name. And I was like, obviously. And she's like, oh, you're hired. That <laughs> I, I did hear that story and it's so funny and so classic, but that also happens to us a lot where somebody will be talking about something like in a meeting or, or anything. And we'll mention like the most obscure person that most people don't know. And they'll be like, and it's so second nature to us. And it's so obvious to us that we didn't even have to give it a second thought. And they're so used to people not knowing these like small or, or like side characters in the industry. And for us, it's like, you know, they're as much of a main player as anybody else. And we always get the same reaction of people being like, you know who that is? And we're like, what? People don't? It's so confusing for us when they don't. No, but what's really funny is that sometimes, sometimes it's just like a shock, but sometimes it's like a panic because they had been like talking shit about this person, not knowing that we would ever put a face to it. We just thought they were like some side character. And then we're like, oh, so-and-so. And they're like, oh my God, you can never repeat this. <laughs> yeah, like, don't worry. We, we don't actually like. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Okay. Anyway, so she was their longtime makeup artist, their confidant friend. She was like just as in as Jen Atkin in terms of, you know, being with them on such a friend level. And she was fired in June, 2018. And so we never again fully got the story, but in a People article, a source who knows both of them said that things turned sour, you know, around that time when she allegedly, quote, tried to go around them on a deal so the Kardashians wouldn't make money off of it. They caught on and Kim stopped following her, but Chloe and Joyce remained amicable until Chloe and Joyce then sever ties. And then it said, quote, Joyce would conveniently fly out of town for big Kardashian parties so people wouldn't catch on. The source adds, quote, and after Kim and her, and her parted ways, she would upload pictures of Kim and call Kim her twin. Joyce also claimed she came up with the tagline for Kanye's hit, That Chick Crazy, which is a lie. The Kardashians were just over her lies and the trying to cheat them out of money was the cherry on top. See, this is the one thing I never understood with both of them. Why would you even risk screwing them over? There's no one better connected. There's no one that you want to piss off less than the Kardashians. Why 
risk it for the short-term satisfaction of whatever you're getting out of it and then sacrifice the long-term commitment that could be and would be way more beneficial to you. I'll never understand it. I will never, ever understand it. It's it's such a bizarre thing. And like, you guys have to be like a real OG listener or follower to even remember this because I don't even remember when it was from. But I remember post, this was post their split. So let's say it was maybe early 2019. Joyce had Instagrammed a picture of Kylie and she wrote like in some nice caption, I guess she had done the makeup for that shoot. It was a throwback. And there were all these comments saying like, what are you talking about? They don't like you. You're not friends with the family, like me in comments. And she was coming back like, not at all. We have a great relationship, basically kind of denying anything was going on. So I really understood what they were talking about in this People article because that on a from a total onlooker who didn't even know the details, just solely from the comment section, that's exactly the part she was playing. She wanted to deny that at all costs. I don't know if things have changed since then, but like she really wanted to hold on to that relationship, it seems like, publicly. Right. Well, you know, there is also a difference between... And that kind of goes back to Larsa in the sense of like, Larsa was the friend that was most publicly, maybe the word is bragging about her relationship with the Kardashians. Like it was much more important to her the name Kardashians than the actual friendships, I think it appeared like at times. And that's what we saw with Joyce in the aftermath was kind of like, you know, she was willing to screw them over behind the scenes, but in front of public eyes, she wanted to make it seem like she was still friends with them and she was still, you know, in their camp. And you don't get to have it both ways. And I think that's what they realized with Larsa in the sense of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like you can't just use us when it's convenient for you. Like you either get like all of us and you're in it and you're, you're ride or die with us or you get none of it because we're not putting up with that. That's why I will say, seriously, I will always say it. Yes, Jordan fucked up. Totally. I never put Jordan in the same category like a Joyce or a Larsa. No. Like I really think Jordan was a good, loyal friend that, was in the wrong place at the wrong time and maybe had a lack of judgment. But like, I will never, in my personal belief, I will never paint her out to be like these because I don't think she had a double agenda. I think, yeah, of course her fame was elevated because of them, but look at what she's done since the since that you know break. She's killing it. Jordan Woods is on fire and I like root for her so hard. And I just like, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's a real difference between like having one fuck up or like not being as solid of a person. And I'm not even saying that about Monica, but I feel that way about Larsa. Um, I totally I, wouldn't agree. Be I never put Jordan yeah. in that category. And I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if most people do. I think even people are like us who love the Kardashians and are so like ride for them still would say that like, you know, what happened with Jordan was a mistake and it sucked and it wasn't right. But it, she never, ever came off, even at her worst moment, never came off like she was just using the family or just using Kylie. I never, ever and still don't get that impression from her. Yeah, totally, totally because quite agree. frankly, like, NDAs aside, whatever aside, like, if Jordan wanted to, she could go on a smear campaign, and she never did. No, she, and I don't think she will. I mean, I, I guess I, I should bite my words. Either. I think that even I don't though think- it's over, I think that her friendship with Kylie still means a lot to her. It was, It's just now a past tense than a present tense. Yeah, exactly. And also, by the way, I don't know if I said this to you, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world for her to, for them to have some sort of rekindling. Just saying. Oh, I don't think so either. I think down the line it could happen. 
I, like I maybe think when that if they were both willing and the whole family was willing, I don't know if they could ever get the same friendship back, but I don't think it would be the craziest thing in the whole world for them to reconnect on something or for, you know, Kylie to extend an olive branch and say, I want you on this project or for Jordan to kind of reach out, you know, behind the scenes and just say like, I, I just want like things. To, I don't know. I, I think it would be interesting, but I, I definitely don't rule that out at all. I could envision it. I swear this is the last thing. Then we'll get back to the article. But I, I like these tangents. I think they're interesting. I wouldn't think that it was the. I think that it could happen if next time Kylie's pregnant. Like I think she may have that association to how integral of a person, an integral of part of a pregnancy, Jordan was of her last pregnancy. That I could see those feelings coming up and like just wanting to rekindle that connection, just as a potential. Or if something major happened in Jordan's life that Kylie was like, I have to be there for her for this. Yeah, I genuinely believe they would be there for each other, but maybe I'm just an optimist. <laughs> you definitely are. <laughs> Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits, They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. Okay, so we go back to the article. They were talking here about how, you know, she is definitely more kind of She has like this outspoken sincerity that some of the other ones don't have, at least initially. And she said, quote, people think I'm more real. I'm the first person to say if I didn't do something right or that I could have done something differently. I share so much, maybe more in depth than my sisters. And I think people really appreciate that. Which like, obviously. Yeah. Um, And she said, her open book policy is not a ploy to grow her fan base. Quote, I don't try to do things to get people to like me. She said, it's more so... Like the way that they they were describing it is that it's more so her way of just kind of setting the record straight, which we know that. Right. And she said they were like, you know, she's no longer able to hide from the media and their circadian tabloid rhythm. Quote, the thing I dislike the most about being a Kardashian is the judgment on us. If I want to go out with a group of friends, it's never as harmless as that. There has to be some story the next day that I'm dating somebody. True. I I want to, it's so true. I want to just read this next paragraph because we put in a lot of, um, background about some of the previous relationships, but I think it's interesting. So this was, you know, the part of the article where they were talking about romance. And she said a quote, which you and I talked about a lot, which was quote, I used to wonder why celebrities only dated celebrities, but when you're in it, you understand, you feel a little safer. At the time that this article was um, published, she had officially filed for divorce from Lamar in May. And this article was in June. And if you guys remember three years before that in 2013 was when she had initially filed. And then with the overdose, with everything, she kind of put that on hold. So the, the reason that this uh, that we thought this was such a perfect article to do was because this was really at like such a huge time in her life. This was at like when she finally was taking control back, I felt like of her own life, yeah, you know? Definitely, yes. And, you know, it's she said, it's, it's, 
the article saying since the separation, she's dated French Montana and James Harden. She says, quote, if you're seen with someone on your first date, you're automatically getting married the next day. It's so extreme. So when you're two celebrities, you can keep it really quiet at first to see if you even like each other. Dating someone in your world is a little easier. Like, this is something that I feel like we have seen in throughout, I don't, like, I don't even know how many. I feel like one of the only relationships that I can think of that's this that there's this much of a difference is like Ariana Grande and Dalton. That being said, I think he's still in the world. It's kind of like Aaron Foster and Simon Tickman. Like, is he a celebrity? No, but he's fame adjacent. There's a lot of people like that that are kind of fame adjacent. And I think it's really hard when you're someone who's as famous as they are to date someone who's not at least somewhere in the world, you know? Yeah, I think, first of all, it's it's very draining on the other person. Um, I imagine. I've never been the other person uh, but Pete Davidson, if you're listening, I'm down to be. Um, <laughs> I can imagine that it's very draining for somebody who isn't used to the public eye, isn't used to scrutiny, isn't used to every single thing they're doing being caught on camera, especially with a Kardashian. It's so exacerbated. You know, there are some celebrities that are so private that they can have their relationships and everything's fine. And it's, you know, able to stay private and not so intrusive. Like I think Jennifer Lawrence and her husband's a good example. Lana Del Rey and her boyfriend or fiance, if they're engaged, is a good example of that. But with the Kardashians, everything they do is public. So the option that some celebrities have of attempting to keep it, you know, quiet or private isn't even there for them. No, absolutely. And also, like, you know, what's interesting is if you think of, like, if we're talking A-list, A-list, right? Ryan Reynolds and Kim Kardashian, even though people who hate them would not want to put them in the same category, they are just as famous, like, easily, right? Right, for different reasons, for different reasons, obviously, I recognize Ryan Reynolds is a really talented actor. I'm just, I don't know why he just came to my mind. Even though he's as famous, let's say he wasn't dating Blake, I still think that's a totally different experience dating someone like him versus dating Kim. And the reason I say that, I want to read this quote from James Harden. Like James Harden, as you guys know, very, very, very famous NBA player. He dated Chloe from June 2015 to June 2016. And he had the Sports Illustrated interview and they asked him like what it was like to date Chloe. And he said that the constant coverage was, quote, unnecessary stuff that trickled down to his teammates. Quote, I don't like all the attention. I feel like it was for no reason. I wasn't getting any, anything out of it except my name out there and my face out there, and I don't need that. Like, that's prime example to me. Do you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. And it, yeah, I, it goes much more to show the other person's like resilience in a relationship and dating the Kardashians. Because like I said, there are a lot of, you know, A-list, A-list celebrities where even though there is interest in their, in their, you know, personal life and their dating life and who they're dating, and there are paparazzi that are going to follow them. And there are people that are always going to be wondering and speculating when you're not the Kardashians or you're not, you know, because it's not even about fame at that point. It's about exposure. And when you're not something like the Kardashians where every single move you're doing is recorded and caught and followed, like it's, it's easier to be in a relationship. I think that with Chloe, it's less about it being, because she's such an empath that we know this, that like, it's less about it being draining on her and more about like, I don't want to have to put the other person through that. Or I don't want to have to end a relationship where the other person is saying the only thing I got out of it was that there were eyes on me because that's such a shitty feeling. Like if you're in a relationship and you know, you're already stressed about what you're going to have to deal with and the outside forces. And then that person that you're dating is basically like, yeah, that was, you know, really the, the biggest part of the relationship. That's like so shitty if it, if you didn't feel that way. Yeah. Which is why I think that for them, they probably have like 
you know, a complicated relationship with fame, which like, duh, I, I obviously understand there's, they're grateful for it. It's the thing that has made them so rich. Like not one part of me is like feeling that don't get, don't get my words. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But like, it is a little bit complicated. It's like, I'm so grateful for this thing. It's, it's been able to sustain my lifestyle. It's been able to, you know, secure our kids and grandkids futures, et cetera. At the same time though, as like a human being in my own life, it makes things really more difficult, which like, let's be honest. Part of the reason that I think that like, she's more willing to go back to Tristan if that's what's happening. I'm sure at, uh, if we're looking at a giant pie chart, that p- factors in. He's already comfortable with the fame. He understands it. He's okay with it. He's not running from it. Like, And also someone like him who has been scrutinized more than any probably previous boyfriend. Like it kind of, I can, I can, I don't get it. I still, like I, it's not something that I would choose hopefully for myself, but like it can make a little more sense when you look at it through that lens is all I'm saying. Yeah, you know? I think that when there's a familiarity aspect, it can't be ignored. Like, I think a really good example of this, and it's very different. And this example probably goes more to Chloe and Lamar, although the comparison's hard to make even there, is like if you look at Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown, like that was a a relationship with more ups and downs than we've ever seen. But I think that them staying together had so much to do with a you know, the fact that they loved each other or thought they loved each other and B, the concept of no one else is going to be able to handle this level of fame and this level of scrutiny that I don't think I can go out and find somebody else or I don't want to put that effort into it because they're just going to get scared away or they're just going to face as much scrutiny as, you know, the previous. So it's just interesting when you look at relationships in Hollywood from the lens of them being Hollywood relationships and less about them just like comparing to your own relationships in your own life. Cause it's so hard to do that. Like when somebody cheats, you know, it's hard to compare your own experience with that to Chloe's experience because there's no public eye on you. Oh my, well, with literally with everything, right. literally with everything, which is why like, and we're going to get into this conversation, I think in a couple of minutes when we get to this part, but like, that's why as much as I, of course, like, don't think that it's healthy the way that Chloe photoshops and stuff. Like, I don't think, and yes, there's the opinion of like unrealistic beauty standards for young girls, da, 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 Like I hear all those things and I like feel them strongly, but also not one of us can actually make that assertion because we don't know what it's like to be scrutinized like so deeply and so terribly. Like think about how hard it is when like one person says one thing or like you can see a family member the way that they look at you and you can tell in their eyes that they thought that like you gained a couple of pounds or like whatever the thing is, like which nobody should ever have to go through. But then on like such a massive scale, like you're seeing all these headlines. The next day, the Daily Mail is going to do an article talking about like Khloe Kardashian looking a little more fuller figured, whatever the fuck they're going to say to try to spin it as a positive. Like that's really, really hard. So I think it, it just, it plays into everything, you know? Definitely, definitely. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors and everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them, the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic non-stick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, 
Once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. Welcome to Nada Yada Island. This season on Nada Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take Yada Yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join, same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices. The next thing that they were talking about in the article was how, in addition to the relationships, fame also puts the friendships in jeopardy. And she said, quote, our family has way more information about us online than any other. And it's always so bizarre when you meet someone and see their perception of you. Sometimes I feel like I have to prove people wrong and that's weird. It's easy to meet people, but you don't know if you're meeting them for the right reasons. Knowing who to trust is hard. And the uh, interviewer, you know, the author wrote like, I'm curious to know though, still, does Khloe Kardashian have insecurities? And she said, quote, I like to say, I don't care what people say about me, but that's not true. Not wanting to go to certain places because I wonder what will be written about me the next day. I hate that I carry that with me. And they were talking about like her Instagram and saying, by the way, this was in 2016. So it's funny the number that they used, but they were right. saying like, you know, in, she posts a picture on Instagram and a typical outfit can garner upwards of 5,000 comments, which now we know is like way more. And she says, quote, I think people who say they don't read the comments are lying. What's sad is that I can read 10 beautiful comments and then one bad one. And I'm like, oh, I want to read this example because this is what we always talk about. So I guess what had happened was she posted a picture of herself in a mini dress. And she said, like, literally one person commented on her, quote, horrible thighs. And she goes, that was the only mean comment. And she said, she's like, the next day, I got to my trainer and I was like, I want to work on my thighs. And she said, quote, I I know I don't have fat thighs, but I was so pissed that I let that comment affect me. The fact that I'm even saying it the next morning to my trainer makes me irritated with myself. Like, is that not the most poignant example of what we were just talking about? Absolutely. And this is something we talk about a lot in regards to body positivity versus body neutrality. And that whole discussion is that. A lot of people's, and I know it goes deeper than this. I'm just saying it like the most basic example and the most surface level example is that a lot of people's advice on how to not let things bother you is just don't let it bother you. Just don't think about it. And like, it's so much easier said than done. And this is something Chloe's obviously had to struggle with and deal with. And this is something that everybody's had to struggle with and deal with. I, I would, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody famous or not that has never had to deal with anything negative said about them. Um, Despite how many positives there are, yeah. you're going to fix it on a negative. I think that's human nature. And for us to say about Chloe and for the public to criticize her and scrutinize her so deeply, even though we know what she struggled with in the past and say like, well, just don't do it anymore. Like, just don't be upset about it anymore. Don't face tune anymore. Don't get surgery anymore. Like, just get over it. Like, you're fine. You know, you're putting out a bad example. Like, there's so much internal struggle with body image and body positivity and body neutrality that like, the advice of like, just don't think about it is, it's just not helpful. No, it's not helpful at all. It's it's actually, I really want to thank you for reminding me of this because I think this, this was so helpful for me and I hope that it could be helpful for anybody listening. I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with my therapist, not about body stuff, but I was just talking about like, in general, you know, we don't really 
like Julie and I, we're not obviously like public figures. We don't want to be that for like a million reasons, but also like I know myself and I know that like, it's not that I can't take criticism. I totally can, but like about certain things, like I don't want people, I just don't, I don't appreciate when people come at you like in a mean way. And what I was saying to my therapist about it, I was like, you know, there's this, I, I was like, I wish like I couldn't, I don't care. Like I wouldn't care, but I do care. And I was speaking about it at the, with the podcast in terms of like, it was when we were talking, I forget what the subject was, but it was a really sensitive subject. And like, we ended up handling it really well. And I think with a lot of care and we got a positive response, but I was saying to her that like, it's so scary because you, you can't trust that people know your intentions and you want to make sure you're saying your words carefully. And I was like, I know that like, if people said really mean things that it would impact me, because trust me, people are fucking brutal. And when I said to her, like, yeah, I was like, and when I said to her, like, you know, I wish that I couldn't care. She was like, no, 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 no. She was like, the fact that you care and the fact that you're like empathetic and like you feel so deeply she's like you don't want to change that she's like the last thing that you ever want to happen is for this to harden you she's like and I say that to celebrities all the time she's like I you never want the fame and our case it's not fame but like the whatever it is to harden you she's like you don't want to become hardened and then have nothing impact you she's like because it's really hard to compartmentalize that it's not like you can just not let some people's mean comments impact you and then you know it's to turn those emotions on she's like that's not the goal she's like the goal is to understand that like do you feel good about what's coming out of your mouth? Do you feel good about who you are as a person? She's like, that's what you have to ask yourself. She's like, and if the answer is yes, it makes it a lot easier to kind of not be so bothered. She's like, you're, you're going to be a little bit bothered because you're human. She's like, it's very rare for people to genuinely not care at all. She was like, but as long as you can constantly ask yourself, do I know myself? Do I feel good intuitively about what I'm saying and, the, and what I'm putting out? Like the answer is yes. She's like, then it's so calming. And it was so it was so powerful to me because it was like, okay, so I guess I'm not striving for not caring. Cause that seems to me, that seems like an impossible goal. Yes. Not to let it consume your life, but everybody cares a little. I, it's, there's very few people that don't. So like to hear her say that I, I, for me was very like liberating and I hope that it can be for anybody too. You know, I said that to you, Julie, yeah. when it happened. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is really, really interesting. Actually, I totally forgot about this until we read this article so in it, they were talking about, you know, her weight loss and she was saying that she never had sought out to lose weight because she didn't believe that it was possible. And she said she had started going to Equinox, the one in Woodland, Woodland Hills. And the reason that she was going was because she kind of wanted an escape from her home life. And she said, quote, my home with Lamar was dark and toxic. At the time, I, at the time, my family didn't know what I was going through. It was the biggest secret I've kept. I just needed a place to go. So like, we'll get into in a second, like literally the start of her weight loss journey was unintentional because she was going to Equinox to kind of just, that was like her only escape. Right. It's not interesting. I didn't, I I, like, I remember reading this article a while ago. I don't think I skipped it, but I just like, don't think that I like emphasize that point in my own head when I was reading it or, or whatever it was, because I just didn't realize. And I guess it didn't click at the time, but as I was reading it now, I was like, that is so interesting and makes so much sense. Yeah. And she was saying, she was like, I, you know, she couldn't hide out at Chris's. She said, quote, she would start asking too many questions. And she said, she was like, I was afraid to go to a hotel because the paparazzi would see me. It would look shady. It would be a whole thing. She's like, so I just started going to the gym. She said, quote, they had a TV and I could watch Real Housewives on an elliptical. No one talked to me. I love that solitude. And she said, she's like, then slowly after I started to lose weight. And she was like, that's when I contacted Gunner, who, as you guys know, Gunner Peterson, JLo, Angelina Jolie, Sofia Vergara, the list goes on. She was like, you know, now she works out three to five times a week. And she says like that she credits so much of that focus on health, that so much of that to like her renewed focus on health rather than, 
you know, her clothing size. And she said, quote, I never thought about the number. When I started seeing that I could lose weight because I just thought my body would never change, I started taking it more seriously and eating better. Like, I, this is like, I don't know. This is like totally changed, changed my, like, I feel like I'm having one of those moments where it's like the world as you thought you knew it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I had always thought that she's, I thought that the way that it was described, not because she had to, I just thought that this was what she said, that like she set out to lose weight. And I guess what that's not what she's saying, that she, it started as an escape. And then once she saw her body responding because she never thought that that could happen, that's when she started to take it more seriously. Right. Well, I think that we had that impression also because of revenge body where it kind of set the narrative of like, you know, something bad happens, take back the power in your life. And you can do that by going to the gym and getting healthy. And, you know, if there's something you want to achieve and you've been setting out to do it, then actually do it. I, so I always had that narrative in the back of my mind. I never really considered the idea of like, this was kind of an accident. Yeah, it was like, it was like an accident that she then kind of focused more on. I don't know. I just like think, I think so much about, it's so hard to to think of this story and like to not put yourself in it as like, also like, you know, a young woman. And I think a lot of our listeners probably do the same and, and any um, woman, man, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I'm just saying like, specifically you relate to Chloe in this sense. And like, we're so, we're, as much as we try not to be, we are all so goddamn self-critical. And I just think back to like, I, I'm trying to think how I want to phrase this. Like, I feel what, what upsets me is the fact that like when she was describing in the beginning of the article how it wasn't until recently that designers started to take her more seriously and that stylists that she had always wanted to work with who never would bat an eye like will now give her the attention that she, you know she deserves. Like that is what's so upsetting to me because it still carries that narrative as much as we in our own lives try to remove weight from the conversation of ourselves because that's the idea of body neutrality, right? Like right. thank you this body, thank you body for being healthy, thank you body for carrying me through my life. Like I will not shame you t- by your weight up, down, whatever it is, not putting so much focus on it. It's like, as much as you want to internalize that, you can't escape from society and you can't escape from the fact that other people haven't internalized that or have internalized, have internalized, but refuse to then carry it out when it comes to other people. And like, it's just so upsetting to me that like, I never want her to feel like her worth is associated with her weight. And it's only because she has gotten thinner that she's then deserving. And like, I feel like through this article, she didn't say that because she said like, I said to those people, basically, fuck you. If you don't like me at, at my other self, you're not going to have me at this one, you know? Right. But it also is hard to ignore the way people responded in the aftermath. Like I saw a tweet once and I forget. It was something that happened recently with the whole conversation about weight loss. And, oh, I think it had to do with Adele. And somebody had tweeted and said something along the lines of, you know, the worst thing about losing weight was it just confirmed the initial thought that I had that once I did lose the weight, that's when people would start to, I know I'm butchering it, but essentially like that's when people would start to respond to me or respond positively to me. And like, even like with, like with the weight loss, all it showed was that people now were responding to her so much better. And it was like, the worth was all in the fact of her worth to other people was all in the fact that she had ended up losing weight. And she was like, it was the worst thing to realize because you do all this work on yourself and you lose the weight only to have your worst feel re- fear realized, which is that your value is now increased because society sees you differently. And I think that when we talk about Chloe, it's so easy for us to say like, 
okay, so you lost weight, but like, why are you still placing this emphasis on your own body? Why are you still photoshopping pictures? Why are you still face tuning? Why are you still like, you know, letting the world judge your body? And the con- the whole idea is like, Chloe had this experience where she lost weight almost accidentally and then saw the world start to respond positively to her. And even though it wasn't the positive reinforcement that she wanted, or it was, it made her feel bad about the way her body was prior. It's hard to ignore that positivity that you're getting, even if the positivity is coming from a place that you don't want it to come from. Julie, that's exactly what it is. The whole concept is that exactly, exactly. When your belief that you're working so hard for is not aligned with the belief of society, you're in this really fucked up predicament. And and the other issue is that when you see that you're you're gaining this positivity, again, not that you wanted it from that sense, it becomes addicting. And that's how so many people can can get themselves into really unfortunate situations because it gets so addicting, which is why. And I will, I know I say it a lot, but I literally will say it so many times because it has been this one of the most impactful things to me. And I hope that I can impart this to anybody listening that feels this way because we got a lot of DMs and emails about this. Like complimenting someone on their weight loss, even if you know they were trying, is not a helpful thing. There are so many other ways to say it. You seem so happy. You seem so radiant. There's a whole article that I read about like other compliments because what you do, and I said this on a Patreon episode, but I just want to say it one more time here. What you're doing when you, when you comment on someone's weight, this, that, or the other thing, and most people will do it more. So I'm like, Oh, you look great. Do you lose a couple pounds? It shows that at some point you have been observing it. You have been focused on because to notice that someone lose weight law has lost weight means that you had to be focusing on it. And all of a sudden like, the first thing you should notice about someone should not be their weight. You should notice their soul. When you love someone, when you care about someone, that's not what it is. And it just reinforces for them who most likely is working to not associate their worth with that, that like this is so important. And even if you think you're helping someone in the moment, it's not. It's a shortened sense of validation and positivity that's actually really detrimental. And I can't stress that enough. I've worked on this so much in my own life and it was the best advice I ever got. So I fucking like, I feel her. And it's so upsetting because then we look at like, Wait aside, forgetting about that. Like we look at that picture of her a couple of weeks ago when she was face tuning the fuck out of it. And even us, we're guilty of like being like, dude, you got to slow down. But then also we recognize like, you know what? Who knows what we would be like in that circumstance, you know? Right. And it's also, we have such a hypocritical approach when we deal with the Kardashians and their body because the thing with Kim, and, and we've spoken about this before, is that like the Kim, the curves that Kim has and the way her body is was not treated the way it is now like Kim definitely experienced body shaming in the beginning of her career and you know having to constantly you know validate the size of her butt or you know her curves or whatever like it's not like she came on the scene and it was like you know Kim and Courtney Kim is skinny and she has a great body and you know Chloe's the one that isn't like it wasn't like that it was like definitely Chloe was judged but Kim was judged as well it was just kind of for different things so then you know, we started to put all of this societal pressure on them for how their body should be. And then they got to that place. And then we turned it around and we we're like, well, why do you keep emphasizing your body? Why do you keep putting this out? Why are you posting these photos? And why are you giving people unrealistic goals? And it's like, we put them on that path and now we want to shame them for it. Yeah, no, it's, t- it's so fucked up. I so agree. Although the one thing that I will stand by is that I don't think I don't think generally it's anybody's, res- people can do whatever the fuck they want to their bodies and it's not anybody's responsibility to be transparent about that. That being said, I think there's an, there are certain exceptions and I do think the Kardashian, specifically Kylie, who has you know the youngest following, I think that like, it, I do think there's a responsibility to the younger fans, not to say exactly what happened, but just to acknowledge it. 
because there's a lot of young girls and I, and I, and I know I see the counter argument of like, how is what I do to my body then all of a sudden become some societal like thing where I now need to be, now the responsibility is on me to like make sure younger girls aren't starving themselves or doing whatever to, to achieve that. It's like, you know, something at a certain point, and it's very rare, but at a certain point when you're Kylie Jenner, there, there is a little bit on you. Oh, there I'm is. So agree. Like, and you can't, and you can't totally, you know, be upset about that because it's the same thing that's given you so much success. And I fucking love them. Like, it's not, I just, I feel that way. Like, I think that, yes, a lot of us can know that like, it's, that's not natural entirely, but like a lot of young girls don't. And I do think that there's just something to be said for approaching it in a little bit of a different way. I don't know exactly what that is. Um, but I do think that there's something there. You no, know? I totally agree. I a hundred percent agree that they have a responsibility in this. I just don't think it's as easy as saying like, you have to do better and you have to like, I don't think it's as easy to say as throw everything else that you were told about your body the entire time you were industry and the industry out the window, forget about it. Like ignore the positivity that you received from losing weight and ignore the fact that once you got to a certain weight, different designers started to dress you. And once you looked a certain way that other people, you know, caught on and gave you more attention or other people wanted to date you, whatever. Like, I just don't think it's as easy to say as like ignore all of that for the sake of, putting forward a better image because I think that discounts the fact that it's something that they still struggle with. Totally. No, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Um, and you know, the article kind of, we just thought that this was, this is a perfect point to end it on because they were talking about the show and she was saying, you know, most people see our, their families on holidays. We see each other every single day because it's part of our job. I love that. I really do. Our show has brought us closer together and I'm able to witness moments I never would if we all had jobs in our individual spaces. And she said, she was like, family was the reason that I even would kind of agree to take part in the show in the first place, which as we know, aired in 2007. She said, Courtney and I didn't want to do the show. She admits we weren't anti the show, but we were so obsessed with our clothing store, Dash. And I couldn't imagine having to give that up. She said, but after E promised her that they would film inside Dash, that's when she agreed. And she was like, honestly, to my surprise, like I, you know, I enjoyed it. And she said, that's why season one is so brilliant because we didn't really care. Courtney and I would say anything and do anything. We didn't realize it was going to be so big. Nobody did. I mean. It's also so funny reading that having just watched the whole season. That's what I'm saying. This couldn't be, this couldn't come at a more fitting time. Yeah. Watching them grow and watching what the show became is just especially in retrospect, because the idea of the fact that we watch it and we watch them grow is, is crazy. But the idea of doing it in reverse and watching from the beginning and knowing where they are now is like, it's really a whole other experience. It's a whole other experience, but it's funny because what she was saying there about how like her and Courtney kind of didn't give a shit, that's the vibe that we felt. Yeah. Like we couldn't believe some of the stuff they were saying or doing, but like it was a different time. They didn't really, like you have to remember to put yourself in their shoes of like, they were just filming some reality show for E that like Ryan Seacrest was down for. Like they didn't fucking know this could have been a one season wonder like so many others, right. you know, and you weren't thinking with- ahead. Sorry, you go. No, 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 I'm, I'm done. I was going to say like, it's also so much like in the beginning it was about Kim and they were just along for the ride. So they, when they're filming the show, like them agreeing to do it because they filmed in Dash was like, you know, their kind of piece of the pie in the sense of like, you know, do this for Kim and we'll give Dash publicity. Like it was never about what can we get out of it on a personal fame level, or at least that's not how it started. And you can tell that in the way that Chloe and Courtney act in the sense of like, they're just fucking around and it's caught on camera and it made great TV, but they weren't doing it for any other reason other than the fact that like, they agreed to do this. They never really cared. It was more about Kim. So they're just going to have fun with it along the way. And it shows so much. 
Yeah, it really, really shows. It's so evident. And it's also evident of uh, what's really evident is also Kim's like foresight. Is that the right word? Like the like Kim and Chris approach the show differently than Courtney and Chloe, yeah. I think. Well, I think that they yeah. it is more of a long game. Their their you know? way their works from their way their brain works from a business perspective was definitely there from the start, and I think that Chloe and Courtney both kind of adopted that mentality after seeing the success they had and seeing the way that Kim and Chris approach situations. And I, you can kind of see it with Kylie and Kendall too, where Kendall was really set on her own goals, and the TV show happened to be there, and the family happened to be there. And she knows that that's how she got her start, but the idea was her goals. And she was just going to kind of, you know, use all of that other stuff as background and focus on modeling. Whereas Kylie was kind of similar to Kim and Chris in the sense where she was like, let's, let's do this. This is a business. Let's see where it can go. Let's grow it. Let's use this as the forefront of the business and the idea and let's keep pushing it forward. So like you can see the differences in their approach and the way they use the show and the family is either like the main character or the side character. No, totally, totally, totally. It's really, it's, this was really interesting. I really love doing this article. There's so many more that I want to do. I thought it was a perfect in between. Um, I don't know. There's so much content. We'll never run out of content on this family, which is such a blessing. I know. We'll never run out. And even like, even if we run out in the present tense, we'll, we'll just go back. (laughs) Exactly. You can always go back. It's such, it's such a unique thing. It really doesn't exist. Um, anyway, we love you guys so much. This was so much fun. We'll be back on Monday for our regular episode. And then next Thursday, we're starting our season two recap, which we are both really, really excited for. And I also wanted to, I, I said at the end of last episode, but Cashware, which is the company that we spoke about when we were doing the small business episode that like I literally live and die for best thing in the entire world, shawls, robes, et cetera. I mean, shawl, robes, blankets, et cetera. K-A-S-H-W-E-R-E. That's the website. And CBC 20 for 20% off. This is not an ad. I just like, we got so many DMs and like, it's, I just love this company and this and the founder with everything in me. And I so badly want everybody to experience it. The cloud blanket and the shawl robe are my favorites. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to say, Julie? No, I think that's it. Okay. We love you guys. Thank you for letting us do this. And again, if you feel so inclined and want to leave a nice review, we really, really appreciate it. If there's something specific you want to give us feedback on, email us at commonsbyslebspot at gmail.com. Please just, if you have something nice to say, leaving a review on Apple is like the best gift you can give us. And we really, really appreciate it. Okay. We'll see you on Monday. We love you. Bye.